This is the Only Human podcast from Community Radio 4ZZZ out of Brisbane, Australia. Stephen Kerridge speaking with Bashir Abraham, orientation mobility specialist and service development led with Vision Australia talking about orientation mobility. Could you tell us a little bit about Vision Australia, please? Vision Australia is a national organisation and has offices throughout the country and provides a whole range of services from information um, and advice right through to equipment as well as uh, specialist services such as occupational therapy, orientation mobility, adaptive technology and uh, peer support, mentoring and um, a whole range of activities. And Yeah, depending on which state you're in, there's a whole range of and host of activities you can be involved in. And some of the key features are in the, the employability space. Um, where you know, people can um, pursue careers and training in the employment and preparation areas or um, you know, getting a job and, and um, you know, those sort of um, aspirations as well as children and young people. So we have a very big um, focus on children and young people uh, as well as the My Age Care uh, clients as well. So you know, the whole range from uh, of, of ages steep right through depending on what type of needs. But it's about integrating all your needs as much as possible, you know, with what Vision Australia can do with other professionals as well, um, the individual support networks and and so on to, you know, to, to see if we can assist in any way. So, you know, that's, that, that's about the individualised approach. And what is orientation and um, mobility? Well, you know, in short, orientation mobility is, uh, an area where we can assist people with um, getting around, getting out and about, and it depends on you know what your your goals are. So the orientation mobility technically is knowing where you are in time and space. That's the orientation part, being able to to check out your landmarks and, and be aware of where you are and, and as you're travelling and walking around, whether it's indoors or outdoors or a bit of both. Uh, and mobility is actually performing the task of moving around from place to place. Um, and you know, and that's that's about the safety, and it's also about dignity and um, uh, enjoying getting out and about, doing the things, regaining the, that level of confidence that you had previously, or would like to achieve for the young people and young kids, in terms of developing their um, their their access to the wider community as well. But it's learning about the concepts and your own strengths and um, working on those. Yeah, so orientation mobility is about, or how do we link? The, the activities and the, the things that you would like to do every day or are doing or used to do um, with, um, you know, those, again, safety, confidence and dignity. So it could involve, Steve, uh, people using, uh, learning how to use their low vision skills more effectively or learning how to be more confident. Um, some people will use the white canes, the long canes, identification canes or support canes to help with their... Um, their, their their mobility, detecting obstacles, or you know what what the surface texture is like before you actually step onto that using the cane and tip. Um, and others use the seeing eye dogs, you know the dog guides, or for a different type of mobility. And and yet again, another variation is um, some people use orientation mobility electronic equipment such as the mini guide or sooner band or. Um, the, the Victorita Trek, which is a GPS navigation system. So there's a whole range of um, possibilities out there. And how would someone use their low vision skills to get around safely? Well, it's about um, 
you know, depending on you know, your eye condition and and, and what, what you've got remaining, how you can utilise that most effectively. For instance, um, you know, someone with, um, with tunnel vision, extremely, uh, you know, narrow fields of vision, such from uh, glaucoma or from um, retinitis pigmentosa, or similar conditions where, you know, the visual acuity of centre vision might be reasonably good, but then, you know, they only have three degrees or five degrees of vision. So steps, drop-offs and so on would maybe problematic. Night travel would be uh, an issue perhaps or working in crowded areas and things like that. So being able to, you know, use your vision more effectively to scan and locate landmarks and features, detect and um, avoid obstacles, you know, as best as possible, but getting around and and finding the places you need to to do when you're moving around. Um, The other one is that, you know, sometimes low vision also complements using a a primary mobility aid such as a long cane or a, a seeing eye dog. So, you know, um, effective use of your scanning strategy, someone with macular degeneration, for instance, might have some um, uh, obstruction or, you know, poor detail centre vision. And so the peripheral vision may be, may be intact and better to be able to use to scan and localise and, and find things in a different way. So, so, Steve, it's about, all right, well, how can we make the most of the, what vision you've got remaining? and get the most out of that in terms of being um, safe and efficient and, uh, and enjoying getting around and, and about. Some people may use uh, monocular telescopes to aid their distance viewing. Um, uh, you know, so there are a whole range of things that people can explore. Um, other people may have had a stroke or a head injury, and so you know the, the various combinations of cortical vision impairments or um, neurological vision impairments may mean that uh, learning to scan effectively and use that vision in a more systematic way might be um, uh, the, the, the plan for them and, in fact, uh, encourage them to be able to, to um, um, work with their memory and other uh, you know, uh, cognitive functions to, to, to work out how to get around more safely and so on. What is an orientation and mobility specialist? Okay, an orientation and mobility specialist is a professional trained in um, you know a, a discipline where where you know we assist individuals to to look at their goals and to um, and and see what they would like to achieve in terms of their independent mobility. So there's a whole range of things from different ages and different environments and so on. And an orientation and mobility instructor will will coach and help individuals to work a plan in terms of how to either for those who have lost vision later in life to regain their independence and uh, get out and about more safely, confidently, efficiently, as opposed to you know children born with a vision impairment who are starting off. So learning the new concepts and skills that uh, you know at, that that we as sighted adults learned when we were young and both incidentally and structured learning. So, you know, with low vision, children with low vision or young adults with low vision, then there is a need to um, learn and experience and put the parts of the whole together for different tasks and activities and um, levels of mobility. So orientation mobility is about assisting an individual to regain and develop or from scratch, you know, young people and children to, to gain the confidence and the knowledge to be able to um, 
to, to travel safely and efficiently and, and independently uh, through the life stages. Okay, but it's also working with families, it's working with other professionals, um, you know, and relevant others in supporting the individual on a uh, ongoing basis. So, you know, sometimes people will have uh, a short programs or um, training and so on, and others will have a longer ongoing inter- um, interaction. So, you know, it's very much customised and working with individuals to uh, based on their goals and, and aspirations and abilities as well and what they would like to achieve. Some of the things are that, again, you know, orientation mobility instructors will look at and work with individuals to maximise their use of their other senses and or to be aware, you know, using your hearing more effectively through the active echolocation and those strategies or um, using your residual vision, what you got left more effectively and efficiently and comfortably as well, but also being able to um, develop your, your your stamina and your ability to, to, to move around as well because it takes a lot of mental effort to move around and takes a lot of um, physical effort too, especially in the warm weather like we have in Queensland or colder weather where it's, you're trying to get warmed up as well. So, you know, these these factors do play a part. Hydration, nutrition, you know, diet, um, appropriate sunglasses or eye protection, using a hat where you need to. For those who have glare sensitivity or photophobia, and um, you know, those factors also come with the right equipment. Some people will use a, a long cane. Others will use an identification cane or a support cane. Others will use a seeing eye dog or a combination of all those as well as the electronic travel aids to complement and supplement their, their their journey and their travel needs. And what is um, a white cane? White cane, all sorts of different types. International White Cane, the 15th of October every year celebrates the white cane, but not the white cane as, a, as an inanimate object, but the achievements of people who use white cane. So there are whole different types of white canes. However, you know, the, the, the identification cane, shorter, cane which gives people um, the, the the ability to let others know that they've got a vision impairment. Um, they may not, they may have sufficient remaining vision that they're confident to use that effectively but they need some sort of identification at road crossings or in crowded areas or catching the bus so that the bus driver knows that they have a vision impairment and can't see the sign of the bus as it approaches. Um, and so, you know, that identification is, a, is an important uh, public relations factor for them as well yeah and to um, receive assistance especially on public transport like transit centers or uh, railway station platforms the long cane is uh, a long cane that is designed to with the tips touch the ground and through the handle the user can actually feel the texture yep of the through the vibrations and the, the, the rolling tip and so on um, of the ground ahead so it's used to sweep in front of you to detect drop-offs and uneven surfaces and changes in the terrain as you step onto the next footfall area um, ahead of you. And it's also for identification as well. Uh, The support cane is is used by people who may, as a result of their vision impairment, have some uh, compromised uh, balance issues. And so it's used to steady them up um, and uh, provide some support and balance plus the use of their residual vision to, to maintain their, their safety. Um, so there's some of them and they're all white for identification. International symbol of independence is the long white cane or the white cane. 
and that's celebrated throughout the world on that 15th of October every year about the achievements of individuals who are getting out and about confidently, safely and, um, and, and you know, engaging in the communities. Is there a cane uh, for kids? Yes, yes, there are lots of different types of canes, Steve. All different modified canes, um, um, but there are you know, they, we call them kitty canes. Yeah? So they're, they're they're designed for um, for you know um, kid sizes, just as the adults ones are as well. Or, or you know um, the the idea is some people say, oh, well, what what's how soon can you introduce a cane to to, to someone, uh, a child in particular? And so, look, you know, there's a whole range of approaches and strategies, and the sooner if people are, have, have at least that option, parents and children and so on, about what the benefits may be, then they can at least keep that in mind about, all right, well, well, maybe this is an option that I can pursue as I go, and the cane isn't seen as a negative thing. It, it, hopefully it's seen as a positive thing that would assist you in your independent travel. And so, you know, that... That that's that's one of the things that that we want to promote is the the you know symbol of independence, not dependence. You are listening to the Only Human podcast. Only Human is a weekly program on social justice, disability rights, psychology, social research, and mental wellness. You can listen in Brisbane on four triple Z one hundred two point one FM, and set digital on DAB plus radios. Love community media. You can support 4ZZZ by subscribing or making a donation at 4ZZZFM.org.au.